welcome to Gunfighter Cast, where we discuss firearms equipment and training as it relates to self-defense from a military, law enforcement, and responsible citizen perspective. Uh, our military end of things is going to be absent today. Uh, Daniel's not here. Uh, I'll be your host today, John McGregor. I'm a retired law enforcement officer currently working in the private security field and I'm also an adjunct instructor for the Sig Sauer Academy in Epping, New Hampshire. Today's episode is going to be uh, about pistol magazines. I might talk a little bit about rifle magazines, but primarily about uh, pistol magazines. The reason for this episode is uh, just for whatever reason, uh, I noticed in the uh, social networking things that uh, that I pay attention to, a lot of questions seem to come up about magazines uh, in the past week. Also saw something, uh, somebody had posted uh, in some group on Facebook uh, asking a question about, you know, basic, a real basic question about magazines. And instead of getting a straight answer, he, he got a lot of uh, jokes and so forth. And it, I kind of felt bad for the guy because he kind of had to try and filter through what was crap and what was actual uh, good advice that he was getting. So I decided I wanted to just put a uh, episode down uh, that just had some basic uh, advice uh, information if uh, somebody's got questions about magazines uh, with their carry gun. Before we get into the episode, I want to uh, mention our sponsors for the episode. Uh, First will be the Tango Yankee Project. That's Daniel's project where uh, you can get more information on that at tangoyankeechip.com. If you want to hear about the Tango Yankee Project, uh, you can hear all about it at Modern Rifleman Radio, episode 50. Um, I'll also put a link to that in the show notes as well. One of the things I'm going to have to do is get in touch with uh, Ken and Brian over at Modern Rifleman Radio and see how you go about getting Daniel on a podcast, because I've been striking out with him recently myself. Uh, the episode's also going to be sponsored by Ares Gear, makers of the Aegis belt, uh, the belt I'm currently wearing right now. Uh, it's a great belt for uh, concealed carry. Uh, if you have... Different holsters outside the waistband, inside the waistband holsters. What I like about it, it's so adjustable without having to wear in holes. Like sometimes with your leather belt, you can kind of tell when you've got a couple different wear positions. This uh, fully adjustable, you can always adjust it to the gear that you choose to wear on a particular given day. If uh, you do hear any background noise, I am in the field uh, as I record this, so I apologize if you're not hearing a pristine studio quality episode, but... You haven't heard any of those for at least the past three anyway, so hopefully you're getting used to it by now. So moving into the topic portion of the show, uh, magazines, pistol magazines. First of all, let's uh, address the elephant in the room, clips versus magazines. see a lot of people get wrapped around the axle as far as uh, clips versus magazines. First of all, uh, what is a magazine? A magazine is something that feeds the firearm. A clip is something that feeds a magazine. And before I get too deep into this, uh, everything I'm going to be saying is pretty much a generality. 
again, based on my experience, uh, most of my experience has been with uh, you know the Sig Sauer weapon system. So, if I do happen to say something as a generality, and there's some, you know, some exception to that rule, I'm sure it's going to happen. So, feel free to send in that feedback if I do uh, do get anything wrong, or if you've got some other uh, some other information that's different than mine. But again, clips versus magazines. Again, magazine feeds the firearm, clip feeds the magazine. Some people get very wrapped around the axle with people if they call a magazine a clip or a clip a magazine. Uh, I try not to get too excited about it. I mean, really, if you've got an instructor that's calling it the wrong thing, then yeah, you should call them on it. If somebody's writing an article that they're, you know, they're trying to explain something, they're professing to have some kind of expert knowledge, yeah, you should call them on it. If a new shooter calls a clip a magazine, I've seen some people get all excited. You know, for me, it's not a big deal. You know, if, for example, uh, on a SIG pistol, there's a control called the slide catch lever. Somebody calls it a slide release, it's not a big deal. I'll tell them what it is, but we're still communicating. For me, the same thing applies to clips versus magazines. If you get somebody new to the shooting sports, you really... You know, I don't feel the need to dress them down because they screw it up. But what we're going to be talking about are magazines today. Now, your basic pistol magazine comes in a, a few various parts. First of all, if you were to take it apart, the outer surface, the tubes, called the magazine tube, uh, from top to bottom, if it's an empty magazine, inside there's going to be a follower, which is what the rounds ride on top of. Below the follower, there's going to be a magazine spring and depending on what kind of magazine it is uh, generally at the bottom there's going to be a floor plate and usually right up on top of that is something called a magazine insert that uh, provides a way to secure the floor plate onto the magazine make sure that it's not just gonna slide off the way a magazine supposed to work in uh, most pistols that I'm aware of is when you are out of ammunition there's a shelf on the left side of the follower. That shelf presses up on your slide catch lever so that when you run empty on your magazine, the follower is going to press up on your slide catch lever, causing your slide to lock to the rear. Now, as far as magazine maintenance, you should maintain your magazines when you maintain your pistol. Uh, if you go out uh, and shoot, after you, when you clean your pistol, you should clean your magazines. If you, maybe you don't shoot, but you're out in the rain, out in wet conditions, you're going to clean the pistol, clean the magazines at the same time. How you maintain them is going to be somewhat environmentally specific. What you don't generally want to do is l heavily lubricate the inside of a magazine. At first blush, that might seem like it's a good idea. But really, all that lubrication is just going to attract dirt and dust and lint and, and everything else and end up gumming up the magazine. Some people will tell you you don't put anything inside your magazines, but again, it's environmentally specific. I generally do not have to use any, uh, any type of lubrication inside the magazine. But there are going to be some places, uh, particularly maybe uh, some place on the coast, a lot of salt air, where they may need to use a thin application of some kind of uh, oil-based lubricant in order to protect the magazine from corrosion. 
generally um, what I do when I clean a magazine, specifically inside the magazine tube, is I'll take a, uh, a rag with a little bit of oil and I'll kind of pull it through the tube. And then I'll take a, another rag that's clean and pull that through the tube to get out all the excess oil. So I'm really not using the oil for a lubrication, but more of a preservative effect. Even if it, you feel like you're taking out all the oil, you're really still leaving some in the, uh, the pores of the metal and so forth to act as a preservative. And that's really... It's really all you need to for a, a working magazine. It uh, doesn't have to be heavily lubricated. Now, there are ways that we can check the function of the magazine without actually having to fire the pistol. Uh, and it depends somewhat on the manufacturer of your pistol. Uh, for example, um, six-hour magazines, our magazines are designed so they drop free when you press the magazine catch. So one of the ways you would function check your magazine Obviously, you'd make sure that you're, anytime you're function checking a pistol, you're going to make sure you're in a safe area. You're going to make sure the pistol's not loaded. But uh, what our magazines are supposed to do, you insert them into the magazine well. Fully insert, you should feel a click. At that point, you're going to pull down on the floor plate to make sure that the magazine seats properly. Make sure the magazine catch is doing its job. Uh, from there, what you're going to do is pull the slide to the rear without manipulating any uh, controls, specifically the slide catch lever. What you want to do is make sure that the magazine spring and the follower themselves, without any assistance, are capable of locking the slide to the rear. The last check that you do is you then press the magazine catch, and again, SIG pistol magazines are supposed to drop free. Uh, as long as you've got the sights oriented towards the sky, if you press the mag the magazine catch, the magazine should drop free without requiring any assistance from you. Now, if your, say your slide doesn't lock to the rear when you do that check, could be a couple reasons. Could be your magazine spring is been worn enough that uh, it's no longer strong enough to cause that slide to lock to the rear. That'd be a clue that it's time to replace it. Uh, before throwing it out, though, I would check and verify that it was installed properly. Again, the uh, magazine, pistol magazines I'm familiar with, uh, our magazine springs are designed to go in one way. If you happen to reverse it, you can still get the magazine put together, but the follower doesn't doesn't ride up as it should. So before I throw anything away, I'd check that and make sure that uh, it's uh, the magazine itself was put back together properly. Now, one question I see uh, asked repeatedly, especially people new to uh, concealed carry, uh, how do I store my magazines? Should I store them loaded or should I store them unloaded? The theory being, you know, if I unload the magazines, am I, is my magazine spring going to last longer? And generally, the answer is going to be no. Uh, perhaps in the old days, that used to be an issue. But with modern metallurgy, with the way a spring's designed to work, a magazine spring in particular, is it's not the compression of the spring that's going to wear it out. Uh, it's designed to be compressed for long periods of time. It's actually the cycling of the spring that's going to wear that out. I have firsthand experience with this uh, in being in law enforcement. Our pistol magazines will be on our belts. And generally, you know, we may fire. Uh, department's lucky if they fire maybe four times a year. So those pistol magazines are spending most of their time compressed. It, 
haven't um, had any experience with the magazines being unduly worn out. What will wear out your magazines, again, it's the cycling. Uh, so it's not one that sits in your belt all loaded that wears out. It's the one that you take to the range and, and use it all the time, uh, loading and unloading through the act of firing. That's what's going to wear out your magazine spring. And if you're uh, unsure if your magazine spring is wearing out, you can use the function check that we just talked about to, to check your magazine spring function when you do maintain your weapon. Generally, your pistol magazines are going to be utilized at full capacity. It's not going to be any benefit to download your pistol mags by a round or two in an effort to preserve the, the magazine spring. Again, it's designed to work with your, your pistol magazines full. Rifles are sometimes a little bit different as far as your rifle mags go. A uh, 30-round magazine typically will load to 28 rounds, but that's not so much for the preservation of the spring. That is generally done so that if you need to uh, load a magazine on board your rifle with the bolt forward, you can do it with 30 rounds, but it's, uh, it's a lot more difficult. 28 rounds makes the magazine spring tension a little less, makes it easier to uh, do a tactical reload with a rifle. Uh, another good reason to go with uh, 28 rounds in a 30-round magazine, I've found, is that, uh, like I said, with a 30-round magazine, you can get it on. It's with the bolt forward. Uh, it can be a little difficult, but uh, a lot of 30-round magazines will actually let you put 31 rounds into them. And if you do happen to make that mistake, get that 31st round in there, then it's near impossible to get the magazine in with the bolt forward. So a lot of people, their rifle mags, they'll uh, they'll download a couple rounds. Again, not something you need to do with your uh, concealed carry pistol. Now some other advice about magazines. If you're going to carry a concealed carry pistol, you want to carry a spare magazine for a reload somewhere on your person. Uh, generally a magazine pouch or if you're going to carry in a pocket, the um, do make inserts to kind of protect the magazine, keep it from getting full of lint, and also kind of keep it in a standard orientation, make it a little bit easier to access. But you, don't want to, you do want to carry a spare magazine. There are malfunctions out there that could be magazine-related. And, of course, the, uh, the obvious, if uh, you do get into some type of situation where you need to fire more than one magazine worth of ammo, it's good to have a second to perform a reload with. Something that I um, follow and I recommend is to have a set of magazines that are going to be your, your carry magazines and then have a different set of magazines that are going to be your training magazines. One of the things that you want to do when you practice, uh, in particular your emergency reloads, when you're out of ammunition, uh, at some point you're going to want to just release your magazine and let it drop as you complete your reload. You're not going to want to try and take care of those magazines by guiding them out with your hand and sticking them in a pocket or something before you do your reload. If you have a set of dedicated training magazines, you don't have to worry about them bouncing on the ground and, and damaging your feed lips or bending your magazine tube at all. You can do your, you can practice your reloads the way they're designed to be practiced. You can be hard on that gear. Now with your carry magazines, basically the way I do it is... I confirm that uh, my carry magazines work. I'm going to run through several magazines worth of duty ammo. 
I'll talk a little bit in, as far as testing duty ammo. But I'm going to run those magazines through several times, making sure the magazine functions properly. And once I'm convinced that the magazine is functioning properly, uh, I'm not going to utilize that for training. I'm not going to bounce it off the ground like I will my training magazines. I want to keep that, those magazines in as pristine condition as possible. Now, something you uh, may want to consider, uh, I'd suggest you do, is you want to label your magazine. So I've got a, a particular labeling convention that uh, will tell me which are my carry magazines and which are my training magazines, but I also have them individually numbered. Uh, it's important for troubleshooting a problem. If you're having some type of malfunction with your pistol, it's important to know if it's happening all the time or if it's just happening with certain magazines. If your slide doesn't lock back to the rear on any magazine, that would probably lead me to believe there's something wrong, perhaps with the pistol. But if it's an intermittent problem, well, you want to know if it's just happening with, say, magazine number two out of three. That's going to be a big clue that uh, it's not a problem with the pistol, it's a problem with that particular magazine. Silver markers, you can use those if you uh, have some type of... Uh, plastic floor plates uh, and you're into stippling or whatever you can kind of burn them into the bottom but you can uh, label those magazines some way will uh, aid you in troubleshooting now since we've talked about numbering magazines a good piece of advice would be if you go to a gun show and somebody's selling used magazines and they have numbers on them probably not a good idea to buy those magazines those are probably magazines that somebody else has had problems with and has ended up discarding those magazines. Now, what I'm going to talk about now has to uh, has to deal with ammunition and use of your magazines and specifically might be an issue if, for example, you go home every day and you unload your pistol and you store it in a safe and then you get up the next morning, you load it up. I want to think about what's happening uh, with that round that comes out of your chamber. So you're assuming uh, you've got a full magazine, one in the chamber. You unload the pistol, you remove the magazine, you take the round out of the chamber. Generally, the way you want to load up your pistol would be to then take that magazine, insert it into the pistol, and you want to chamber through the magazine. In other words, you want to pull back the slide uh, and let the, the round slide into the chamber through the magazine then generally you're going to have that round that used to be in your chamber yesterday. You take that spare round, you put it on the top of your magazine. Well, when you do this again at the end of the day, what you what you end up doing is those top two rounds are just going in and out of the chamber. One's in the chamber one day, one's in the chamber the other day. When it's not in the chamber, it's the first round in the magazine. This can cause problems because uh, your your pistol manufacturers and your ammunition manufacturers will both tell you that ammunition is only designed to be chambered once. Uh, if you repeatedly chamber around, what can happen is the bullet can actually get compressed into the cartridge casing. Now inside the cartridge casing is your powder charge and it's designed to work a certain way with a certain volume. If you have a bullet that is getting pressed into the cartridge casing, what happens is that volume decreases, but you've got the same amount of powder charge, which uh, is going to end up increasing the pressure of that round. And it could increase the pressure 
beyond the limits of what the pistol was designed to to accomplish. So long story short, having those uh, projectiles, those bullets compressed into your cartridge casing is bad. So you don't want to keep chambering the same round over and over. And another kind of related thing, you know, I talked about how the the preferred method to load your chambers through the magazine. I don't see it too much, but every so often I'll see somebody do it or I'll hear somebody says that they do it. You don't want to load rounds through the ejection port. In other words, you wouldn't want to, that same round that comes out of your chamber, you wouldn't want to, when you load up again, take that loose round, stick it in the ejection port of the slide, and then release your slide forward to to chamber the round. When the pistol functions the way it was designed to function, the round that gets loaded up through the magazine, the back of the round actually slides up the breech face under the extractor hook. If you hand load through your ejection port, then when you bring your slide forward, what has to happen is your your extractor basically has to jump over the cartridge casing in a way that it's really not designed to do. So your extractor hook smashes into the back of the cartridge casing and jumps over it. Uh, If you do that repeatedly, what's going to happen is uh, your extractor hook, where it's getting mashed against the back of the cartridge casing, can eventually become brittle and then break off. And then it's not a very effective extractor once the hook's gone. So... Uh, loading through the ejection port while it's acceptable in Hollywood movies and so forth isn't a good idea for you to utilize. Now, based on what we talked about with the ammunition, you're going to see it's going to be kind of challenging if we can only chamber each round once. Uh, we've got to somehow come up with a system uh, to make sure that that doesn't happen. One of the easiest ways I've found to mitigate that problem is my carry gun, I don't unload it every night, and I don't load it up the next day. I've got a dedicated gun safe. It's a a pistol box, and what I do is at the end of my day, I will load that. I'll keep it in the holster, take it off the belt, and I'll put the the holstered weapon inside that uh, pistol box. Nothing else goes in the pistol box besides that pistol in the holster. And it's one of those that's got the buttons you press, and so if I did need to get it at it in a hurry, I can. I don't have to worry about anything else being inside the box. The reason I keep it in the holster is because that keeps the trigger guard covered so that I won't accidentally reach in there and, and touch the trigger when I, don't, when I don't intend to. But by keeping the pistol in the holster, that allows me not to have to unload it every night and that cuts down on the wear and tear of those rounds. Now, some people, uh, you might find yourself in a situation where that doesn't work for you, where you've got to unload your pistol every night. Just be aware of that uh, issue as far as those top two rounds just kind of going back and forth into the chamber. Uh, you can visually inspect your ammunition. If you notice, uh, it looks like your your round is getting seated further into the cartridge casing. Uh, I wouldn't shoot it. I'd I'd throw it away if it looks like it's getting shorter. Uh, You can try and empty your magazine, rotate your rounds a little bit that way. One of the things I read recently, um, it was an article that was uh, purporting to give you some good advice on your magazines. I found a couple issues with it. Uh, One of them was the fact that the author was using the term clips and magazines interchangeably, which it really isn't. And if you're going to write information and purport you know what you're talking about, you should know your terminology. But uh, the other thing that was in the article that I didn't agree with is the author mentioned a good way to test your magazines 
is to chamber your rounds of ammunition to make sure they all chamber. So what the author was advocating is you find yourself a, a safe direction, and he had um, talked about a a bullet bucket, basically just a big bucket of sand that you can use as a safe direction if the weapon were to accidentally discharge uh, the round would be captured in the sand and so forth. And what he advocated was taking your full magazine and then just working your slide to make sure all of your rounds are going to chamber. Well, we already talked about why that's a bad idea because each round's only designed to be chambered once. So um, you wouldn't want to unnecessarily chamber rounds. But more importantly, uh, if you're going to test your magazines, first of all, uh, there are ways, there are better ways to do it where you don't have to chamber rounds. Now, first of all, uh, you're gonna have to fire the gun to see if the rounds are actually gonna chamber. You, you can't do it dry. Um, if you need to test your firearm, they do make special action proving cartridges and so forth, or you could do it with dummy rounds, but that's really not gonna tell you if your chosen duty round, which may have a different bullet profile, is actually gonna work in your magazine. So, you want to test your carry ammo in your pistol. Uh, people have different thresholds of comfort as far as how many rounds of uh, duty ammunition are they going to fire through their pistol and, and if it works, feel comfortable with. Uh, what you want to avoid is, unfortunately, there are people that, uh, because duty ammunition is uh, more expensive than training ammunition, They'll buy a box of it with their pistol. They'll go out and practice with their training ammo, and then they'll just load up their magazines with their expensive carry ammo, never having tested it. Well, unfortunately, it, it may not feed the same. So for me, I need at least 200 rounds through a pistol before I'm comfortable that that particular brand of carry ammunition is going to work reliably uh, in that pistol. So other people have higher thresholds of comfort. So, you know, 500 rounds, 1,000 rounds. Some people are have lower. Again, there's no, um, you know, it, it's a comfort threshold. Whatever you're comfortable with as far as how many times the pistol has worked properly before you're comfortable that it is consistently going to work as intended. Now, to get around what uh, that article was advocating as far as making sure all the rounds chamber by putting them in a magazine and working your slide. Uh, there's another better way to verify that your ammunition is not defective and is going to work for you. And it's going to involve a, vis a visual inspection of your ammunition. Before you get your ammunition out, however, I would uh, recommend you get yourself uh, a good safe direction, unload your pistol, make sure it's unloaded, and you actually field strip the pistol and take the barrel out of the slide set the barrel aside. Now it's not going to be hazardous if you do have your ammunition and your your barrel in the same location because you don't have a working firearm. Generally your ammunition is going to come in a box. When I start my visual inspection I have uh, the box on a table. I open the box and slide the tray out that the rounds come in. Depending, uh, the rounds are either going to be facing up or they're going to be facing down. Whatever way they're facing it doesn't matter. Usually, when you slide the box open, what you're looking at is the back end of the cartridges. The primers are facing up. Pull that tray all the way out of the box, but leave all the rounds in that tray, and just look at the back side of each round of ammunition altogether. You don't have to be a reloading expert. All you basically have to do is compare one to the other. If one of the rounds looks different than all the others, that's a clue that there's something wrong with it. 
you're just looking at the uh, the back ends, make sure all the primers are in correctly. Make sure they all kind of lay in the tray at about the same height. Uh, if one's taller or shorter than the other, again, that's a clue that something's wrong with it. Uh, I will then slide the tray back in the box, flip the box over, and then slide the tray out again. Now you're looking at the other round. If you were looking at the primers before, now the bullets are facing up. You want to verify that the bullets were all inserted into the cartridge casings in the, in the right directions. Again, these um, factory ammunition manufacturers, they sometimes make mistakes. Not very often, but when you're producing that many of any product, there are going to be some that come through defective. You're going to test. Your visual inspection is just going to kind of give you some clues that uh, all the parts are at least in the right orientation. Now, the last thing I do, and this is something that I you know, would do with my carry ammunition. I'm not going to necessarily do it with my training ammunition. But the rounds that I'm about, that I'm about to put in my carry magazines and, you know, rely on keeping me safe, I'm going to take each round out of the tray. Uh, I'm going to point the muzzle of my barrel that's now out of my slide down. And I'm going to slide, I'm just going to basically drop that round into the chamber end of the barrel. And I'm going to take a look at it. It should drop in freely, again, assuming you started with a clean barrel. The round should just drop right into the chamber and come to uh, a consistent level. Uh, you're going to look and see when it's it's fully chambered. I know with the, the SIG Classic line barrels and so forth, the back of the round's consistent with the back of the chamber area. From there, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to invert the barrel over my cupped hand and that round should then slide right out of the chamber and so while you're doing there is just showing that um, that the round itself is going to chamber there's no bulges in the cartridge casing that are going to uh, cause you to have any chambering issues you're going to do that with every round of ammunition in your box or that you plan on carrying in your magazines just to verify that your carry ammunition is good another question that's uh, asked regularly is how good is your duty ammo going to be effective for. Ammunition will last just about indefinitely if you keep it in a cool, dry place. Now, obviously, your rounds in your magazine may not be in a cool, dry place, depending on your environment. I've seen people uh, that rotate their duty ammunition on a monthly basis. Uh, for me, that's overkill. I try for Every six months, I try and shoot what's in my magazines out and replace it with fresh duty ammunition. But if, for whatever reason, I missed a six-month and, and went a year, I wouldn't feel uncomfortable with that. Again, your environment's going to dictate how frequently you want to rotate your duty ammunition. And, you know, certain uh, unexpected events. I mean, if you fall in a river or something then, yeah, you may want to get rid of those duty rounds on sooner rather than later basis. Those are the uh, the questions that I see kind of typically repeatedly come up with uh, uh, as far as magazines go. If you have uh, any questions or, you know, you see something that uh, that comes up, new shooters ask about, please send it in. Um, John at gunfightercast.com is the best way to reach me via email. And that'll about wrap up this episode. I've got some other episodes uh, coming up um, that I've somewhat have planned out. We're gonna have an episode covering the uh, the AK platform. Talk to a gentleman that knows a lot about Sig silencers who has agreed to talk to me. Uh, I think that's gonna be a 
very informative episode when I get that put together. Uh, I've got a couple other instructors that have uh, agreed to talk to me about various things. So uh, hopefully you're going to have some episodes coming up where it's not just me rambling about something. Uh, before I go, I want to remind you uh, that there are other great shows out there. I'm certainly not um, the only source of information out there, and you should go out and steal from other people just like I do. Um, other podcasts, uh, and I'm sure you've probably heard them before, but uh, Gun Dudes, Road Gunner, Modern Rifleman Radio, Slamfire Radio, Handgun World Show, Modern Self-Protection, Polite Society. Uh, been listening to um, a lot of Gun Nation recently with uh, Doc Wesson, and uh, there are some other guys who never mentioned Doc on other shows, so I'll just mention Doc on this one. But uh, some very good, uh, very good conversations recently on the the Gun Nation podcast, uh, Safety Solutions Academy, and uh, Blanchard Media Group as well. Ken Blanchard's uh, got a number of projects going on. Check him out. Again, if you want to uh, be in touch with us, John at GunfighterCast.com, Daniel at GunfighterCast.com. Check out our Facebook page. It's probably where we do most of our social media communication. Uh, also have a uh, Twitter at, at GunfighterCast. If you want to help us out, iTunes reviews are great. I do want to thank some uh, recent iTunes reviewers. Uh, Gave us uh, some five-star reviews, uh, one by C. Chang Fire and another by Scott Claymore. Appreciate the feedback. Uh, it's always good to know that somebody's actually listening to this. Again, if you have any questions or want to suggest a show topic, john at gunfightercast.com or feel free to go on our Facebook page. Give us any feedback that you would like to share with us. I want to thank you all again for listening. Gunfighter Cast out.